0: Good morning. I'm Jerry Yagar, in for John Moore. But joining me now on The Morning Brief, former Federal Cabinet Minister Lisa Wright. Good morning. Good morning, Jerry. Good to have you along. Let me start with something you might understand better than the rest of us. Um, This is out of Alberta, but it could be something that uh, leaks across the country. Saskatchewan's interested in the same thing. New Premier there, Danielle Smith, tables a controversial sovereignty act. What is she trying to do?
1: What she is trying to do is I think she's trying to put a, a ring fence around the decisions the provinces can make regarding their natural resources. I think if, what it all comes down to is making sure that Ottawa isn't encroaching upon decisions that they believe are traditionally provincial laws and provincial matters so that they can make sure that their citizens are um, able to enjoy the benefits that their province brings them. Uh, of course, it's going to get... It's going to get spun in a different way. I mean, I know that she's saying very clearly that it doesn't have to do with anything else but but what the actual act says. Um, but it's something that Albertans wanted, at least the ones that voted for her in the in the um in the leadership race. And as a result, we'll see what the what the rest of the folks think about it.
0: Yeah, well, this is the kind of thing that I think is popular in Saskatchewan, and and it seems already in place in uh, Quebec. And I've always said that I think that Queen's Park, for instance, in Ontario, Lisa, has too much power over the municipalities. So taking power back uh, locally seems like a good idea to me.
1: It can be. Uh, Certainly when it comes down to, you know, making sure that you can get projects done on time or that you're able to utilize the resources that you have as a province for your for your economic development. That definitely is something that rings very true for people in Alberta. So that's what she came up with during the campaign, as I said. And now she's tabled it. I mean, a lot of folks thought that she was going to back away from it, quite frankly. And here it is.
0: All right, let's jump on another story here. Ford to appeal after the court strikes down provincial bill limiting public sector wages. We got commentary from the president of SEIU Healthcare, Charlene Stewart.
1: I just want to remind people of how cruel that bill really was. I mean, it attacked people, primarily women, that made, you know, $32,000 a year. And they capped them before the pandemic. And then he wouldn't even repeal it after calling them heroes and saying everything that they've been through. So I have to say to the workers, this is a big win for you. And the message is to Doug Ford and all governments across this country that workers absolutely have rights in Canada. And one of those rights is the right to bargain. And it is protected.
0: Okay, how do you respond, Lisa?
1: Okay, so let's put aside the content and the context of the law. But let's just go with something that I believe in, which is it is for the legislature to make the laws. It's not for the judges to make the laws. And as a result, they really do have no choice but to appeal a decision on whether or not their legislation stands up. And let's let's be honest, Jerry, they were tested in the Court of Public Appeal already, they went to an election, and they won. And as a result, we can, we can say that, um, you know, the, the people opposed to this bill and to this law had their kick at the can in the democratic process, and the, uh, the government run, won. They came back with the majority, and as a result, they're going to go and they're going to make sure that the, the law that they passed in their, their previous mandate is actually held up.
0: Well, do they need the law, or do they need just buckle down when they do negotiations?
1: Well, I think in this case, they felt that they, they needed the law because they were facing circumstances prior to COVID that were warranted. This kind of approach to the health care system, I think COVID has changed things. But for the integrity of the legislature to be able to pass laws dealing with these matters,
0: they actually do have to
1: appeal. And it's got to go to the Supreme Court. And it's going to be an important case to watch.
0: Lisa Raitt is with me, former federal cabinet minister. So, as a federal politician, I wonder if you can answer this question. It puzzles me why, as Pierre Polyev goes after Justin Trudeau, did we have Chinese influence in the previous election? Trudeau just seems unable to answer the question directly. And I don't understand why, because if he were to say, yes, we believe there was Chinese interference in the election, I'm not blaming Trudeau for that. I'm blaming him for not being willing to come out and show that he wants to fight for Canada.
1: Right. But the next question is, well, who got the money? And if it that's a really tough thing for uh, a political leader, not not the prime minister, but it's a tough thing for the political leader to actually have to go to the public and say, uh, in these five elections, Some of them, maybe they were decided within two percentage points because it was a tight race that time in those municipalities or in those ridings. Um, These are the ones that received the dirty money. And as a result, um, but nothing happened here. Don't worry, it didn't have any sway. I just think having that pall over these these specific elections would be problematic for for the leader of a political party. But as prime minister, I, I think transparency is absolutely needed in this case. And people should know. The question will be begged, who got the money? And it's something that I think Canadians must know at the end of the day, where was this influence? Where did, if there was influence, where did the, the Chinese government focus there? their sites and who benefited.
0: Well, the reporting, and none of this has been proven, but the reporting is, Lisa, that the 11 people got the money and that some of them are liberals and some of them are conservatives. And I understand that it might be uncomfortable for Trudeau if some there were some liberals, but if there were conservatives and Pierre Polyev is saying, let's yeah. have an investigation. He doesn't seem to be afraid of that.
1: Right. And that's fine now. And, and I'm sure there's, listen, as, a, as somebody who ran in that election, I'd like to know, I'd like to know whether or not money came into my campaign that I that I didn't know about, and maybe I am one of them. I have no idea, but certainly it's the, the information putting the light on it is much better than than having it out there and people saying, "Well, I, I you know w- it really didn't happen. It didn't have any impact." Well, it had an impact. We're all talking about it, and we're very heightened to this notion of investing in Canada with Chinese sovereignty funds. I mean, what greater investment is there than than investing in the outcome of an election?
0: All right. So, Lisa Raitt, there are some moms now who are acting back against Elf on the Shelf. They refuse to do Elf on the Shelf because apparently it softens kids up for a surveillance society. Um, Your kids may be a little old for Elf on the Shelf, but you're a mom. And so how do you react to this?
1: I don't believe Elf on the Shelf is a pain because of surveillance. I think it's a pain because I found myself up at two a.m. and trying to figure out where the heck to <laughs> put this little doll again to make a surprise. Because it became a stupid competition in my family about who put who put together the the funniest kind of of a uh, scenario for the kids to discover in the morning. And, um, you know, it was, uh, I didn't use it for surveillance, but I definitely used it to teach the lesson of don't touch something because it was don't touch the elf or, you know, the magic is gone and you're not going to get a Christmas gift. It wasn't so much that he was watching you because in our house, the elf would get up to, to nonsense and find himself in trouble in the morning. That was kind of the, the narrative yeah. that we used.
0: Well, the surveillance thing, I mean, they're a little short because he knows if you were sleeping, he knows if you're awake, he knows if you've been- bad or good <laughs> so be good for goodness
1: well, yeah. sake and i saw mommy kissing santa claus so you know <laughs> the kids were in on it too
0: And was mommy kissing santa claus lisa <laughs>
1: Nope. Strange. strange man in the
0: house. Not at all. No strange men in the house. No. no. We, we can't be having that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I only have a couple of seconds for this, but the CRA yeah. says they're clawing back $3.2 billion from people who got to Serb that they shouldn't have. I think if they can show that there was deliberate fraud, they should absolutely get the money back and maybe charge people. But I think it was also yeah. confusing. People might have made honest mistakes. I don't think we should be too hard on those people.
1: Uh, I'm with you 100%. Everybody applied. Everybody panicked. And you know you would hope that CRA would have had their checks and balances in at the beginning, but the government gave the signal just to push the money out and we'll deal with it later. So now we're dealing with it later and we'll probably spend as much money collecting as we put out.
0: Lisa Wright, former federal cabinet minister on the morning brief. Good to talk to you. Thanks very much.
1: You too, Jerry. Take care. Bye.